Okay, we welcome you to Sci-Fi Guy. Um, we welcome you to the last day of 2021. So I thought it was fitting that we do a time travel episode, right? Everybody loves time travel in science fiction. Or at least uh, they like, love it enough. <laughs> they love it enough to constantly put it in science fiction. Or certainly it's probably one of the main themes, right? Uh, faster than light travel, hyperspace, warp drive, certainly artificial intelligence, all the Bach and the Terminator stuff. Um, the idea is that, though, time travel seems to be one of the most popular. Why? Because we can change things. We can alter the past to, you know, change our present and future. Or we can go into the future, have a wild ride, a wild trip with the, with the future folk. Bottom line, though, is all this possible? Many scientists think thinks that it is. Still, many scientists think that it is not. I guess if you're a Vulcan scientist, you really don't think it is, right? Because the Vulcans never believed in it. Well, in Enterprise time, I remember to Paul saying, you know, Vulcans don't believe in time travel or whatever. Of course, by the time of Voyage Home, with, uh, with Spock, he realized that, yeah, time travel is possible because we did it. We went back and got the whales. But... The bottom line for science, as I said, is that does it exist? Does it not? Now, some scientists think that it's very possible. In fact, future time travel, time travel, you know, we're all traveling, you know, in the future. We're all traveling to the future, right? We're all time traveling. Every day, every hour and day of our life, we're going forward in time with enough velocity, you know, 50% the, uh, the speed of light, 75% of the speed of light. When we get towards the speed of light, then the time dilation effect comes on in. And a lot of wacky things happen. So we're going to leave that to the scientists, though. You want to, you guys want to read articles, more power to you. This is going to be about the movies, the sci-fi movies that take time travel oh so beautifully. And so seriously, right? Let's do the time warp again. Yes, let's do the time warp again. Ever get caught in a temporal loop? It's never any fun. But it's a dependable theme in science fiction time travel, right? Um, some might even say it's overused. Some too. I don't think it is. At times I'm like, you know, we're using it a little too much. Certainly the Star Trek TV shows and movies did it a lot to great effect. But it was a little overused. Anyway, the concept has spawned some of the most compelling classic stories, which we love to relive over and over again. Some of the best stories, such as even Groundhog Day. It, that's not even traditional science fiction, but still compels it's thought-provoking. Come on, let's talk about it. All right, so let's start not at the beginning, since we're doing time travel, but certainly one of the classics and one of the best uh, time travel movies ever, and that's The Time Machine. The Time Machine is right from the wiki, also known promotionally as H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, is a 1960 American sci-fi film in Metro Color from Metro Golden Mayor, produced and directed by George Powell, starring Rod Taylor, Yvette Mignot, and Alan Young. The film was based on the 1895 novella of the same name by H.G. Wells that was influenced, that was influential in the de development of science fiction. So H.G. Wells is a writer back in 1895. He was churning out stuff that is still resonating today. And The Time Machine, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen it. I hope you have if you're a sci-fi sci guy fan and a science fiction fan. If you've not, gotta see it. The remake was good too. I liked the remake. Um, it was really good. I, in fact, I was very skeptical you know, I always, and I enjoyed it. It's excellent. All right. Here's, here's a great one. This is, in many ways, it's connected, of course, to the time machine because it's about H.G. Wells, if he really 
you know, uh, existed as a scientist. So the author, you know, is a, is a scientist that invents a time machine. Time After Time. Time After Time is a 79, 1979 American sci-fi film directed by screenwriter Nicholas Meyer and starring Malcolm McDowell. Good old Soren from Generations. And of course, The Clockwork Orange, David Warner and Mary Steenburgen. Filmed in Panavision, it was directed, it was the directing debut of, of Nicholas Meyer, whose screenplay is based on the premise from Carl Alexander's novel Time After Time, which was an unfinished was which was unfinished at the time, and a story by Alexander and Steve Hayes. The film presents a story in which British author H. G. Wells uses his time machine to pursue Jack the Ripper into the twentieth century. Into the twentieth century, and again, this is it's just great. I mean, you guys, you got to see this. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of thrills for fans for for Star Trek fans. David Warner playing Jack the Ripper. Of all things, and great Malcolm McDowell playing the good guy for a change as H.G. Wells, having to go back in time to, or rather forward in time to try to find, uh, you know, uh, Jack the Ripper to, to bring him to justice. It's excellent. In fact, a buddy of mine, he did a, pl a play version of it, uh, time after time play version, and I think it was a, a pretty big hit. All right. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. 1986 American sci-fi film directed by Leonard Nimoy and based on the TV series Star Trek. It is the fourth feature film in the Star Trek franchise, and it is a sequel to Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. It completes the story arc begun in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Um, you know, you guys know the story, I'm sure. they got to go back in time to get the whales. The crew travel to Earth's past to find whales who can, be, who can answer the probe's call. What's wonderful, I think, for any fan, of course, of Star Trek and certainly, and certainly this film, is the, the premise and the motivation. You know, what's the motive for them going back? What, what is their entire reason for going back in time? To save Earth, to save the planet. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to go and, you know, take an adventure and go see the pyramids or, you know, go, go see uh, the, the, the Aztec and Mayan, uh, you know, temples when they were uh, in full flower and bloom. We're going to save Earth. We're going to save the, uh, the planet from the, from the strange probe, the strange space probe. All right. One of my favorites, and I know it's one of yours, is The Terminator. 1984 American science fiction action film directed by James Cameron. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator and Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. The cyborg assassin is sent back in time from 2029, which is just coming up, right? 2022, seven more years, to kill her, of course, to kill Sarah Connor, uh, whose unborn son will one day save mankind from extinction by a hostile or artificial intelligence in a post-apocalyptic future. Um, Michael Bean plays Kyle Reese, a soldier sent back in time to protect Sarah. The screenplay is credited to Cameron and producer Gal Gail Ann Hurd, while co-writer William Wisher Jr. received the credit for additional dialogue. Now, what's really interesting, I don't know if you guys know this, um, certainly it became a big uh, sort of sticking point for one Harlan Ellison, was he sued to get his name on it. Right from the wiki. Writer Harlan Ellison stated he loved the movie, was just blown away by it, but believed that the screenplay was based on a short story of his and an episode of The Outer Limits entitled Soldier. He threatened to sue. Okay, he threatened to sue for infringement. Orion, Orion the studio, settled in 86 and gave Ellison an undisclosed amount of money and an acknowledgement credit in the later prints of the film. Some accounts of the settlement state that Demon with the Glass Hand, another Outer Limits episode written by Ellison, was also claimed to have been plagiarized by the film. But Ellison explicitly, explicitly stated that the Terminator was a ripoff of Soldier rather than of Demon with the Glass Hand. 
Cameron was against Orion's decision and was told that if he did not agree with the settlement, he would have he would have to pay any damages if Orion lost a suit by Ellison. Cameron replied that he had no choice but to agree with the settlement. Of course, there was a gag order as well. So I couldn't tell the story, but now I frankly don't care. It's the truth. So very interesting thing. I love uh, I love uh, Outer Limits. I remember the episode. And there are certain parallels, um, I guess a lot really, but to claim that you know, the entire movie, you'll have to make a you know, decision for yourself and watch them both. And finally, one of my favorites, of course, is Groundhog Day. This is a 1993 American fantasy comedy directed by Harold Ramis and written by Ramis and Danny Rubin. It stars Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. Murray portrays Phil Connors, a cynical TV weatherman covering the annual Groundhog Day event in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Now, this is wonderful because this is not, you know, true hardcore sci-fi. They even say it's fantasy. I would say it's more fantasy, but it does have elements of sci-fi. You know, even though we're not sure how, how Bill Murray's character, you know, keeps repeating the same day over and over, but that's definitely like a time loop, a temporal loop. Let's do the time warp again. And again, if you guys have not seen it, totally recommend one of my favorites, and I think it'll be yours as well. That's an, un- I think that's an untouchable film. I can't imagine that ever being remade. It's like a perfect film. And think, in fact, I think I'll watch it tonight. Maybe you will too. Thank you guys as usual. Uh, keep coming, you know, with the, the messages, the comments. I love hearing from you, the suggestions. Live long and prosper. And we'll see you again soon.